What is going on, everybody? Welcome to my roundtable. Welcome to Sports Card Show, Sports Card Radio's podcast slash roundtable. We're going to have a little roundtable discussion today. I don't know how long. We've had, been, had some hour-long podcasts. I mean, with all this football and all this cool sports on, Little League World Series and all this other stuff, uh, you know, stretch run baseball. We'll try to keep this uh, maybe a little shorter than the ones in the past. Uh, so we're going to talk about two things. Panini's little dealer roundtable, hobby shop roundtable. If you're privileged enough to own a hobby shop and uh, be in business, I guess that's probably more of a privilege. Uh, Panini's going to shoot you a polo shirt and a box cutter and a USB stick and some other stuff uh, for, for that privilege. And so we'll talk about that and why I'm probably maybe the only one that took offense to their little press release there. And we're going to, speaking of press releases, we're going to talk about Upper Deck. Upper Deck had a slew of press releases. I don't know if they just all came in all at once or what happened there. I might, if I remember, I'll give you my theories on what, why their press releases and products tend to come in bunches. But uh, I'll get to their one, two, three, four press releases. They might have slipped another one in there. But I'll talk about those. On to Panini. Panini posted a blog post today that, um, you know, I'll read maybe the first paragraph here, and, and and maybe if you're on my side or you're my my way of thinking, you'll agree with my points here. If you're not, I can understand that. Um, I certainly uh, appreciate Panini's effort here, and maybe if this was Tops, maybe if this was uh, another company out there, whoever, maybe I'd have I wouldn't even talk about this, or I'd mention it more positively. But because it's Panini, I think they can do better than this, and I think they've tried things in the past that haven't worked. And so they're another lame kind of effort to me just seems like it's not going to work. But anyways, here's Panini's statement on the Panini Roundtable. Panini America introduces new roundtable for rewards program at hobby shops. Panini America officials on Wednesday began to reveal the specifics of an exclusive new hobby shop rewards program that will get qualifying members a guaranteed seat at the prestigious Panini Roundtable. So, wow. So, in that first segment, they reveal to you, one, they, they say they begin to reveal the pro- program. Trust me, if they had the whole thing figured out, they would have just revealed it. You know, they, they wouldn't have just done it in stages. I and mean, maybe this is, that's actually not a bad strategy. Put it out there like that. Let idiots like me go off and, and, and then don't do whatever I say. Um, so maybe it is a good idea. But I hate the wording in the very first sentence, a seat at the prestigious Panini Roundtable. Like this is Barack Obama dinner or some, you know, some guy in a suit or some, one of these athletes. I mean, is Kobe Bryant going to be at the roundtable? Then maybe it's kind of prestigious. I mean, we all like sports. If you don't like Kobe, maybe Kevin Durant or uh, any other athlete they got signing there. I don't, I don't know who else they got, but y- you get the idea. I don't know how prestigious a roundtable with Panini is. So you just call these, you can start a podcast and call these guys on the phone. You don't have to have a, a hobby shop. So I don't know how prestigious this roundtable is. Qualifying brick and mortar hobby shops will receive substantial benefits associated with their membership, including in-store sneak peek opportunities day before product releases. And the, the, the substantial benefits include like a polo shirt, a t-shirt, a box cutter, a USB stick, and some kind of like emblem. So we're talking like 20 bucks from Vistaprint right there. So that, that's the only planning they did is they, they made a polo shirt, an emblem, and, and put out there that you uh, get to this ex- ex- prestigious roundtable. And apparently only 20 people a quarter, 20 hobby shop owners a quarter, 
get calls with product develop managers. I put that in quotes because that's really all these quote manufacturers. And I hate calling Panini, and I'm going to try to stop doing it. Panini and Tops are not manufacturers. None of these guys make cards. All they are are these quote product development teams, which sounds like guys that wish they were developing, uh, you know, like race cars or. Or something cool like a, maybe a, the new cell phone or the next tablet for Amazon or something. But they're designing sports cards. And, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of innovation that they can do there. There's certain things that there's certain limitations to what you can do with a piece of cardboard. Um, so you get to sit down and have a conference call with one of these guys. When, Like I said, you can start a podcast for $5 a month on podbean.com and, and request an interview, and these guys will, these guys will snap do it. And they're not doing a whole lot else, obviously. So, you know, I just think this is a really lame effort by Panini because, one, they've tried things. in the, They've actually tried aggressive things at the past at the Industry Summit. They announced two years ago, they announced mat pricing, minimum advertised pricing, and that hobby stores would get like a one-week window or whatever or a 30-day, you know, the price of blowout's got to be this certain price. And, and that didn't work. They had to take, it, take that away. It's probably, good th- it's probably a good thing for everybody, I think, I don't know if everybody would – if you owned a hobby shop and you were selling you know, boxes for 130 bucks, maybe that is a good thing for you. But you know, the, the, I don't mind Panini's efforts here because I think the guy that comes into a hobby shop owner, hobby shop store, it might not be your typical – I remember owning a hobby store. Guys would come in. They, would, they, don't, they didn't know what blowout cards was or they didn't know what a sports, for, sports card forum was or they didn't care if they could get it on eBay for cheaper. They just wanted to buy, open it and buy it right then and watch the TV and, and, and drink a soda and, and talk about sports or, or whatever. Or talk, give me advice or maybe the other way around. So, you know, there's I, I can recognize Panini's saying, hey, maybe the, we can get the, the online guy's opinion all the time. We can go to any forum. We can listen to Twitter. We can read Twitter. We can read Facebook. We can read blogs and stuff like that out there. That's maybe more the online guy. But the average guy that has a son and, and is busy 9 to 5, and, and after that he, he's busy with his family, he doesn't got time to really research cards. He, if, if Finest is on the shelf and it looks good, then he'll buy it. He doesn't need to see the checklist or anything like that. So I can see Panini reaching out to these hobby stores, but I don't know why they got to limit it or make it like, uh, you know, I just got an email back from Yahoo. Yahoo has, has a new CEO for like the third time or so in the last uh, couple years. And, it, you know, this is the first CEO where I've actually seen Yahoo change. Yahoo has a new logo. Yahoo has kind of a new look. They've updated their apps finally. Yahoo Sports actually looks different for the first time in 10 years. They're actually doing some stuff. And so I've, I've sent them feedback. They've made some changes. Maybe some features aren't there that they're working on or whatever or I think could be added and make it even cooler. So I'll send them a little bit of feedback. It's on there on their web, every one of their web pages pretty much, and it's certainly on all their apps. So I send them a little feedback, send them a little note. Say, hey, great job with this. Love the look, blah, blah, blah. But hey, how about add this? How the, they send me an email back. And that's Yahoo. How many customers does Yahoo have? Another example I have is my broker. I probably do, I don't know, certainly less than 100 commission trades. I do a lot of free commission stuff 
where I am investing in my broker's fund, so it's certainly lucrative for them, but I'm not running big boy money through my broker. Trust me. I have less money in my account than most guys just trade in, in 10 seconds in the market. That's like an opening trade for them. And that's like my whole account balance. These guys call me all the time. They send me they invited me to they sent me direct mail the other day invited me to a nice country club here in my town. Obviously to sell me a product. Obviously to have some guy give some spiel on bonds or whatever fun they're having trouble selling, they invite you out to a country club. But you know, they obviously don't do their research. They know that I'm coming and I, I barely have $100 in my pocket. And I certainly have barely $100 to invest in whatever product they have. And that's nothing to them. Cost them more to get me out to the country club. They need me to invest 10000 30000 But it gives you an idea. Yahoo's emailing me back. My broker's calling me and emailing me and directing me. I know these guys make a lot of money and it may be Panini's constrained. We've talked about it. They're a licensee. They're not the NFL. They're not even the company that makes the cards. CGX, Consolidated Graphics or whatever. The company that does all this stuff. They're not even them. So they don't make that much money and they farm out all this, basically the sales. This is what a wholesale, a wholesaler is supposed to create round tables and get ideas and relay that back to the manufacturer. Those guys obviously aren't doing it. That's why I've told everybody to try to squeeze the manufacturers out. Get them out. If they're not holding these roundtables and not giving you feedback and not being the back and forth for you and the manufacturer and the hobby store owner, they're not doing anything. They just own 75-cent square foot warehouse and they have a computer, AT&T internet and a phone and a fax and that's it and a UPS account. They're not selling any product. They're not distributing any information. They're not promoing it. They're not trying to say, hey, Panini, instead of just creating 24-pack boxes for hobby every time, 24 or whatever, just one pack. Have two, have like when Grand Theft Auto comes out, there'll be Grand Theft Auto 5, but there'll be the special collector's edition that'll have some kind of T-shirt in it and, and a box cutter or something, you know? Do the same thing, not necessarily for every set, but certainly ones that first come out. You know, when Prestige comes out, oh, there's Prestige... A collector's edition that ha- that's in a special box and it has a t-shirt and an extra pack in it with a Kyrie Irving card in it. They could have done that a long time ago. I mean, I, Apple has sp- like special colors or whatever. Everybody does this, but except for sports card companies. So they come... F- they come up with these these really lame things where I don't really think anything's going to get done here. They're going to have everybody contact them. None of that's going to be on record. This all should be like on a forum. Create a, a separate forum or a new web page on your site or a whole separate dedicated website for dealers. Dealers come in. It could be private to everybody. Make everybody log in and you only get to see it if it's logged in. But have everybody share ideas. You're going to get 20 people on a call. Probably not record it and post it which would be somewhat effective. And it's probably just going to be the product manager being like, hey, guys, we're, we're coming out with, with innovation basketball, with patch cards you've never seen before or stuff you've never seen, like we've never seen anything like that before. Oh, come on. We're talking about this next set or this next set he's working on because that's all he really cares about. 
These guys will give them great ideas and great feedback, but nothing ever happens. I've seen it for three or four years. I've been covering the Imager Summit. There's great ideas that flow through there. Great ideas, great ideas. You know, the companies that I see accept them and kind of uh, work a little bit with them are, are not Panini and Tops, but Upper Deck with their redemption, expired redemption program that they have. Bring an expired redemption in, you get this other card, and they do that occasionally. And that's directly from the industry summit. They listened to people and said, hey, it's a good idea. Somebody, a hobby shop owner recommends. Hobby shops were doing that. They were saying, hey, if you get an expired redemption or any redemption in any box, we'll give you the X amount of store credit for you. We'll give you fair value for it, cash or store credit or whatever. And the hobby store now has the redemption. He takes ownership of it and, and deals with it and makes his customer happy. Uh, you know, that's a good idea. This is how I would have, you know, worded this a little bit differently. Instead of saying you're going to come to this prestigious roundtable and sit with me, like I'm Barack Obama or I'm Tiger Woods or I'm Michael Jordan or I'm David Stern. I mean, those guys can get away with putting out press releases like, oh, you're going to sit at my roundtable and David Stern's going to be there or Warren Buffett's going to be there. Get on eBay and pay a million dollars for a six-hour brunch with uh, Warren Buffett. Guys like that can do it. Panini, you don't even make the cards. You don't even make the cards. You don't even sell them. Your distributors sell them, basically. You just package them up and send them to them. So if you want uh, want to do something, here's what I would have done. I would have used the word you and us and together a little bit more. Hobby store. This is kind of what I just jotted down. You know, hobby stores. We at Panini want to hear from you. We want to work closely with you to create set to drive collectors to your store and other hobby stores around the country. Then I would have recommended – then I would have thrown out some suggestions. I know I would have heard going to the industry summit, hearing, I'm sure, feedback already either on the blog or directly or whatever. It's not like Panini has closed their ears to hobby stores. They listen. But I would have thrown out those suggestions. Say, hey, we've heard about creating a hobby blaster box or more diverse packaging at the hobby level to hit different price points. So it's like when you go to the store, you know, some stores I go to in my town and they're, they're the more, quote, expensive grocery store. And I'll go there for meat and, and maybe more specialty items you can only find there. I don't mind paying maybe a little bit more for there. But am I going to buy my laundry detergent there? No, because they're only going to have Tide. And it's going to be at full price. Or they're going to have the name brand. And it's going to be at full, full price. I'll go across the street and go to Safeway or go to Walmart or go to Target where they have 10 different brands. And they're all really competing on price. And I can get some laundry detergent for, for whatever, $1.99 or something. Do that at the hobby level. Not for every – it's not like we need National Treasures cheap version and National Treasures expensive version. We, we already know that set's expensive. But like I've already gone into – when a video game launches, there's often two different versions. Or there's one with this. If you go to, if you buy it at GameStop, you get this red hat, and if you buy it at Walmart, you get the blue hat, or whatever. You get the different download code or the different city you can play online. You get the idea. You guys are smart out there. I don't understand why these companies aren't. So I'd put that idea. Hey, we've heard this idea. For some reason, we're idiots and we we haven't implemented it, but we've we've heard it. We'll put it out there. 
and maybe if we get more discussion on it, we'll we'll do more on it. I would say, hey, we're going to strengthen programs like Black. They said you're going to participate in these programs. Don't you get to participate anyways? If you're a hobby shop, I would have said something more like, hey, we're going to strengthen these. Maybe we get some feedback from you on how we can make these better. Maybe on another one since we have Black Friday and Father's Day. You know, we don't want to oversaturate these, but let's talk about ways, hey, why do these work? And maybe we can do the same thing for certain products or certain times of the year. We can do similar things. Let's talk to each other how we can do that. I would, you know, and, and in the past, Panini's given one week exclusive on certain products to help drive traffic. And obviously some products like National Treasures and, and other sets like that come out in Elite Series Basketball. I don't think necessarily might be at retail. Um, I don't know that for a fact. But, you know, typically when you want those kind of products, you either buy it online or you buy it. You don't buy it at Target. You don't buy an Elite Series or a National Treasures box at Target. So hobby stores do get an exclusive on certain things. But how about cut out the online guys? Not every product, not maybe even the best ones, but maybe one or two through the year where it's like, okay, this is a hobby-only product, but for this, we're going to ship it on January 9th to hobby stores and then blow out and DA and everybody else is going to be able to get it, you know, on the 16th, a week later, you know, just kind of to rub their back. Just like we rub Walmarts and other people's back throughout the year, we're, we're going to rub our hobby stores back and I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. Especially if it was just one or two sets and it wasn't for a really critical set throughout the year, I think everybody would be on board with that. And you could do the reverse. Say, hey, we rubbed your back hobby stores. I think you guys appreciate that. You know, for this similar set that, that we, we, we have at a similar price point, we're going to give it to Blowout and DA this week. And then next week we'll ship it to you. And I, I don't think you'll have hobby stores, you know, every single one crying over that if you rub their back too. So there's things like that you could have discussed. Distributed information and materials. They said we're going to give you some checklists and some, some other stuff before everybody else and let you distribute that maybe to your customers or be able to inform them of that or whatever. Put it wherever you want on your own blog or, or on your wall in your shop or whatever. And I think that's great. They should do more of that. That's what the wholesaler and distributor should be, do, be doing. And they don't. So I don't know what, what their role is other than just to kind of be there and to hold your product in some warehouse, which you can do really cheaply pretty much anywhere in the world except like California and the middle of New York and certain places, the coast of Miami. And, you know, you get the idea. Real estate's not that expensive. A big empty building. Trust me, there's tons of big empty buildings. You put product in it. Call an insurance agent and get it insured and, and you're pretty much done. So I'm glad Panini's maybe stepping forward. Hey, giving hobby shops some information. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be exclusive, but just give it to them. Send it to them. Nobody else is. And they're busy. It's not like they can be on Panini's blog all day or this, that, and the other. They might have just gotten robbed or they might be struggling playing bills or, or, or they, they've, they're having trouble selling product or, or whatever. They have their mind on gaming cards or the new markets or their eBay sales or whatever. They're, they're, they, they might not be able to keep up on this stuff. So being out in front of them, contacting them, don't make them contact you. Just get out and call, be like my broker and be like some of these companies that just call me and talk to me. Like I'm some big client. Trust me, they have thousands of clients that spend more money with them. That's why I'm really impressed sometimes with companies. It's like, wow, I wonder what the big boys get for treatment. If they're treating me like this, calling me, asking me whatever we can do for you, we can help. And this is not just my broker. This is a lot of companies that I've spent not significant money with. 
but some money with. Places I'm number one on Yelp. I got a free dinner the other night. Place I'm number one on Yelp, and, and I just give it great reviews because I think it's great food, great owners, great people, great young people that work there. That they're getting an opportunity, and it's a good job atmosphere for them. So I support companies like that. The owner was there, and he gave me – I don't know if it was because I was on Yelp because I'm number one on Yelp, and I'm promoting the heck out of his business for free because I love the food and the service, obviously, but – you get the idea. They just come out and give it to you. I didn't have to sign up, put my business card in anything, which is effective. And promoting, Panini said, well, pick one shop and promote it on our blog or whatever. And, you know, I could understand only picking one or two shops a month. If you had blog posts every day about a shop, it would get maybe kind of stale. But you should be doing this already, helping shops out. These are your customers. These are that your end, you know, essentially your end customer. I know like a collector has to buy it. They're essentially the end, end, end customer, but oftentimes they're buying it to resell or trade or other things. So, the, you know, the, the, the supply chain is endless. But for Panini, they're selling unopened boxes and they typically get sold the last time by the hobby store and they get sold to somebody that's going to open them up and change, essentially change the product. It's like a used pair of shoes. They're buying shoes and they're getting worn and then then it's not like they don't have value, but the value has changed a little bit. Used cars. Well, Panini has got a dialogue with these people 24 hours a day. Let alone their customer, their end customer. Just doesn't seem like they listen though. They set these things up, act like they listen, but they, they do things like this that make it just seem like Panini is more like a fraternity or they want to be the White House or something and be prestigious and roundtable. And I don't mind the synergy with your brands and and the Knight's Lance blog and and the Knight on your logo and all that. And it it works. But I would have tried to word this and, and certainly tried to include everybody. Make it seem like, hey, we're not just going to pick 20 and every quarter or, or or whatever i would have made it more on your the best submissions give us your feedback we want to work with you give us our feedback the people that provide the best feedback and kind of bring up some interesting points we're going to bring you on since we can't talk i can understand even 20 people on a conference call is going to be a cluster you know what that's why i'd call these people one of that's why my broker doesn't say hey, uh, we're going to have this conference call in a week and we want all our, you know, 20 clients to call in and we'll, we'll try, you know, n- nobody's going to do that. Obviously, you're not going to talk about your financial information really with anybody that you don't know that well. But you, you get the idea. Just call these, uh, you know, cardshopfinder.com as a, as a great asset, for anybody that wants to market to these people or get, ask them their opinion, just go to that website. Go to your hottest markets. Got to be the East Coast. Got to be Chicago since they have the national there. Got to be the East Coast by New York. Ohio, I know, is a, a hot state for collectibles. I'm certainly Texas with Beckett and Panini having a presence there. That's a, that's a good state. Pennsylvania, I think Tops has a presence there. That's probably a good state. Just go find all the hobby shops there and start calling them on the phone. Or you probably know which which hobby stores are already good. Just call them directly. Don't ask them to call you. Don't have the the collector have to go in there and tell them. I mean, that's fine if they have to do that. And that's how the hobby shop 
owner figures it out, and chances are that's probably how most will. Panini should just call the hobby store owners directly on the phone every day, like every good business does. They solicit feedback. They have feedback little buttons on all their website, and you don't have to jump through hoops. We want to hear, 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 and here's our suggestions after we hear back from you. That's what Yahoo just did. I don't think they would have done that when Carol Bartz was shopping for handbags. But the, the new girl that they have in seems like she likes handbags too, but she at least gets people to work. And I can only imagine if someone that talented was running Panini. She certainly wouldn't have put up some flimsy little co- like like little promotion slash round table like this. So we only hope to God we, we get it like a Marissa Meyer type talent running one of these companies. But that'll be the freaking day. Next thing I'm going to talk about, Upper Deck press releases, several this week. Some kind of curious. One of them got redacted and then sent again. And I don't know what happened here. But anyways, Upper Deck has a new online store. I can't remember what I have it up on another. You probably saw this online or you can Upper Deck, go to Upper Deck's regular website. I'm sure they have a link to it or whatever. They have a new online store, which is a little, look kind of nice, but it, it's not like Upper Deck hasn't had a, had a, haven't excuse me haven't had a nice looking website before, because I've they've had an affiliate program before. They used to drive traffic through one of the largest affiliate networks, so I mean they've had a sophisticated website where they were trying to drive. I think it it got shut. I think they turned it off or they ran out of money or whatever. And, that's long gone. That was when they lost. That was right around the time they lost their football. That's usually a good sign of knowing when a company's going broke when they turn off their affiliate program. Since it's like free advertising, unless you're really having trouble with conversions or it's costing you a lot of money. And usually, if you're going through a network, it doesn't cost you any money. So you figure things are going bad. Um, but they have a new online store, so that's a good sign. It looked okay to me. It looked like they had some products up there. I thought I'd throw that out there. That was one press release. They renewed their license with Hockey Canada, which I have had really cool text conversations with somebody that knows a lot more about um, this Hockey Canada and and like the, the national teams there and the way all that works. Really interesting. Like some of those players are like they're getting paid for some of these signatures, like in ITG and and in Upper Deck and stuff, but they're still quote amateurs i guess or they're they're getting their school pay some of that money's helping pay for their school or whatever so i thought i thought it was kind of interesting that there's these you know everybody jumps on johnny manzel's back but there's these hockey players which are essentially you know 17 18 years old doing the same thing but interesting there they have like i don't know if this is the same league or itg has a lock on that but hockey canada has some national team sets i think we've seen them in regular upper deck and some of the other sets that they have so they renewed that license whatever that's worth then they re-signed Wayne Gretzky, which I don't think is too shocking to an exclusive autograph deal. I don't know this for a fact, but I would gather that Wayne Gretzky has some portion of Upper Deck's, you know, he has shares or whatever, you know, preferred shares or whatever kind of. I don't, you know, I don't know if Upper Deck's necess- necessarily the highest bidder here. They might be. But I think they're the most attractive option for Wayne Gretzky and guys like Tiger Woods and LeBron James and Michael Jordan. And it's, it's you know, Upper Deck doesn't have a whole lot of sets. I'm sure they sell a lot of their UDA stuff and, and stuff like that still moves. But um, 
you know, with it all being in North Carolina gear or Vincent, St. Vincent, St. Mary's or whatever LeBron James went to, you know, people probably want some Miami Heat stuff. People will probably want some, uh, you know, Chicago Bulls stuff or Chicago White Sox stuff, even with Michael Jordan. So, uh, you know, that stuff's probably not flying out the door like it used to. But there's reasons why those athletes, I think, have stayed with Upper Deck. I don't know that 100, 100% for fact. But I pretty much, I'm pretty confident that's the reason why you see athletes like Wayne Gretzky and other big, big athletes that are worth a lot of, their signatures are worth a lot of money in any scenario. Um, you see them stay with Upper Deck. Last thing, interesting press release here. They sent it out and then it was like redacted and then it was sent out again. And it was like pretty much the same thing. So I don't really know what happened here. But um, sent out a press release, Upper Deck sent out a press release about authorized group breakers. And I saw the title of this, and I think anybody that probably saw the title of this thought mine went to, oh, they're going to authorize any group breaker. And that's not the case. And I didn't really see – it wasn't that they didn't make that clear in their first one and redacted and cleared it up. It, it was clear to me from the beginning that you had to be a diamond dealer to participate in this upper deck program that will authorize you as a box breaker. So being a diamond dealer, I believe, I don't know this 100% for a fact, but I believe you have to have a hobby shop to be a diamond dealer. So basically you have to be a hobby shop that wants to get into group breaking. And I don't mind this. You guys know all my thoughts about group breaking and there's risk on both ends and all ends, just like buying a new car, a used car, a computer or whatever. There's risk involved in everything. We all know that. Nothing new there. Not breaking any ground. But, you know, I just think that upper, you know, getting diamond dealers involved, if if you want to get your diamond dealers involved in this and your upper deck, I, I don't have a big problem with that. I'd probably rather the diamond dealer who may have only seen some of these other group breakers do group breaking and see them do illegal raffles or only promote their website on on Twitter or some free option that was that's pretty much a bogus website and set, not collecting user information for an email address list or not sending them to a website that was secure or doing do doing things that really added value to your customers I hope you know I hope that uh, a diamond dealer doesn't see that because that's not how you do it it's not, not how you, you build a successful group-breaking operation. You set up your own professional, as professional-looking website as you possibly can, and that can be done for basically free or as little as 5 to $10 a month. You don't need big hosting and big whatever. Host on, if you don't want to do your own hosting, host on a halfway reputable streaming option. Not one that has a bunch of clumsy Google AdSense ads or pop-up ads and all that crap all around and certainly not one where there's like girls and all that kind of stuff on there either we don't need to send anybody to that website but especially younger kids that might be getting involved in these group breaks so I hope upper deck teaches them about teaches diamond dealers don't copy the guys you see because they're doing it all wrong That about wraps things up, folks. I mean, I don't have a whole lot else to say. I hope everything's going good for you out there. Hopefully everything's, you know, solid. I saw triple eBay bucks 
uh, rewards. It's not going on right now, I don't think, but it was for like a couple of days. Oh, it spurred me to at least go to eBay and look. I didn't find anything that really just made me want to just spend money uh, right then. But maybe some of you guys took advantage of that. I like reward systems like like that. I, I wish m- m- more stuff like that could could happen in the hobby. And if you're a seller out there, offer stuff like that. You know, offer reward programs and stuff like that. I think rewarding your customers, you know, don't do what Panini did and say, hey, you got to volunteer essentially to get rewarded. Just go out and reward them. Invite them to the country club or call them or email them. You don't need to invite them and say, hey, and then we'll we'll pick certain ones to come to our round table, group breaking round table or, or a Panini round table or sports card radios round table. Imagine if I put out this podcast and I was like, only 20 of you guys can listen. And that, that's it. I don't want any more than 20 to listen. You 20, you 20 can listen to this and then give me feedback. But only you 20. Everybody else, no. Imagine if I did that. How, I mean, not that this program is successful. But it, it, successful wouldn't be the word you'd use if I tried a, a trick like that. So I don't understand where these ideas come from it's like a like the like i said this is like a white house this is like a fraternity this is like a politician inviting even though thousands and thousands of people voted for them they invite 20 people to the room in marlboro an oil company steve Wynn and uh, the guy uh diamond jamie diamond gets to come to the room those guys and, and their wives and, and a couple of their cronies get to come. And there's the 20 people. Only those guys get to come to the – that's basically how politics are run. And they're not getting done, anything done in Washington right now. And they sure as hell are broke. I don't know what the deficit is. Sure as hell not running a good business over there. So don't run Panini America like that. Run it more like, oh, Yahoo's calling me. Yahoo's emailing me back. Or, oh, freaking Google calls me every month. It's always some new college kid. Sometimes there, I talked to one of the people there that actually went to the college I went to. We talked for like 30 minutes about the town and the college and everything. They they got interesting young people working at some of these companies. My broker or a different guy from my broker, not the same one. They they just call me and, you know, it's probably I'm just on some list. But I don't, I don't spend that much money with those companies. Certainly not as much as some of these dealers do. If they're already in cases and products and products and products and basketball and football and baseball and UFC or whatever, Justin Bieber, they're spending a lot of money with you. You should be calling them already. You should be giving them materials. You should be – and maybe that's – hopefully, and that's kind of why I went off. I saw Panini put this up and like I said, in their first sentence, they said, oh, we're revealing this – plan i said well let me give you some feedback on it i think you can make this a lot better by really emphasizing it's about you the hobby store and we're going to be doing everything we can to listen to your ideas and we're going to put the solutions here or put the ideas here if you keep it all in secret and all in house nothing will get done and there's not enough hobby shop owners out there that'll complain and and throw their arms up in the air about this and 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 everybody will go about their day need to put this all in public Put it all. This is what hobby shops have recommended to us. Here's our conversations. Here's a good idea from this guy. Obviously, you get clearance from these people, but say, hey, here are the ideas. What do you guys think as collectors? Let's all work on this together. 
No, it's come to round, come to Panini's roundtable and talk with a product manager who, like I said, set up a a five dollar a month podcast and and call him on the phone and ask for an interview and and there you go. You don't have to own a hobby shop and and be spending four grand a month on overhead. Just five dollars a month and you can call these guys. Probably have them on every week. Have a special Panini product manager sessions on our podcast and play some sound effects and bring them on. You want to offer something to hobby shops, offer them some solutions. So offer them a thousand bucks because they probably need it. Offer Kevin Durant to come walking through the door. Now that we're done on today's program, again, hope everything's going good for you guys out there. Thanks again for all the feedback, positive, negative, whatever it is. Love it. Love all of it. And I've been trying to uh, get back to everybody and stuff like that and keep up on everything as well. So I appreciate that. Thanks again for tuning in today. We'll be back some other time. Thanks again. We are out of here.